This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same, helping you build the ultimate Dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Petrella and I have a trading problem. I'm Zach somebody Reed. say something. <laughs> I'm Zach Reed and I have a trading problem. This is weird. I I'm Drew Prawl and I too have a trading problem. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to session 233 of the Trade Addicts Podcast. Uh, a member of the DLF family of podcasts and a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. The DAP Network, if you will, and we will. As you heard, we are uh, without Russ tonight. Uh, the original plan was actually just for it to be me and Russ, and we were going to do the show live, but he had something come up last minute, and, and Russ is so good at this podcasting thing. We needed two very smart gentlemen to replace him. Uh, so <laughs> we, We're <laughs> waiting for them yeah. to come in. Yeah, yeah. One, one, one and a half. Yeah, Zach, Drew and I are here. <laughs> Zach and Drew are like, where are they at? Uh, <laughs> but yes, that's true uh, from Fantasy Timeline that Zach, uh, Dynasty Dummies, and just overall uh, uh, smart Dynasty guy, even if he doesn't want to admit it. And great song parodist, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so happy to have you guys here filling in for us. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're into, we're past week five now, uh, over a third of the way uh, through the fantasy season, which is kind of nuts to me, but. Uh, we'll get we'll get into the news. I told you guys without Russ here, maybe we can knock this out in an hour or so. We'll see. We'll see how we do. Because uh, <laughs> we only have two pieces of news on here today. There wasn't a lot of a uh, lot of major stuff that happened. One one big injury, sort of big injury, more for the guy for the backup than losing the guy that we lost. But uh, Rashad Penny, I guess uh, it was kind of a fluky thing. But I guess no surprise that Rashad Penny is hurt again. Uh, he broke his ankle. Looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So Kenneth Walker season, guys. What do you think, Zach? Uh, what do you, is, is is Kenneth Walker going to be a thing in Seattle now that he's got Penny out of the way? 
I mean, he'll be fine. He's a good running back. Uh, he was the best runner uh, in this class. But for me, the the second best back coming out. The problem with with Kenneth Walker is, and always has been, will he be utilized in the passing game? And I think it's a question in Seattle anyway, because mm-hmm. Rashad Penny so far after five weeks has only got five targets. So to to think that Kenny Walker is going to come in and just like light it on fire, you know, maybe maybe pull back a little bit on that. But I I think he's a really good running back. I think you're going to see very similar output to what Penny ha- has done over his over his career when he's been healthy and and so it's it's exciting, especially if you are a a top end team. Because mm-hmm. now you've got another running back you can plug in. If you earned that 102 to 105 last year and drafted Walker, this is an opportunity where you might be able to, to get a little extra on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, it's, it depends on your team. And I don't know if you saw that I had a tweet a couple of weeks ago. We know more right now than we think we do. We knew that, more yeah. the last two weeks than, than we thought we did, like, 60% of the guys who are in the top 12, both running backs and wide receivers, are going to be there at the end of the season. They're going to continue to put up points. So your team, you can make some moves, but if you're bad, man, you know you're bad. And and start start uh, you know accounting for that. Start looking to the future. It's trade addicts pod. You guys know <laughs> what to do. So, so does that knowing what we what we more than we think we know apply to wide receiver fours like Jerry Judy's act? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's probably not sneaking up, but yeah. <laughs> well, and Drew, at least we we know uh, we know Walker's tied to an elite quarterback, right? Hey, you know is what do we say is he, is he quarterback seven. what seven? Quarterback yeah. seven. Staying true to that jersey number. Yeah, so are you looking to Drew? Are you looking to uh, acquire Kenneth Walker? Or are you at this point now that he's he's obviously getting a value bump that he's the starter? Uh, would you yeah. be just holding, selling? Yeah, I mean, I, you're going to pay a premium now. Compared, the, the best right. time to get him was in the draft, right? When people were uh, upset that they had the 102 after Malik Willis was no longer the clear 101, and you didn't get your pick of Brees Hall or Malik Willis. So, um, yeah, at this point, if you don't have him. You're going to pay extra because he has opportunity. Like Zach said, he's a talented runner, and he's young. So you're going to you're going to pay the price for all three of those things together. So yeah, I agree with Zach. If you've got him and you don't need him now, uh, if you're in maybe a potential points league and you maybe you can't stash my tax here or something like that, then yeah, you should be able to get uh, you know flip him for a good young wide receiver. You know, figure out how to get a Jameson Williams who still isn't scoring points. If you like him better, uh, that'll probably last longer. So, yeah, if you've got them, uh, either you're going to use them or you should get something for them. It's kind of yeah. where I am. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I would I would kind of look at them as a hold more than anything. And uh, if you did want to buy them, maybe wait a month. Maybe, you know, Penny wasn't rocking the world, you know, in, in Seattle there. He had the one big game, uh, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, but he was kind of inconsistent. Maybe uh, Walker, you know, struggles here and there over the next month and, and his price comes down a little bit and maybe you buy a little cheaper. Uh, you, I'm sorry, were you going to say something, Drew? Yeah, I mean, he, he was super efficient this last week, right? And again, Oh, definitely, little, yeah. <laughs> yeah, little little to no tape on the guy. So that's typically the test too, right? After teams have a week or two to, to figure you out, 
how do you respond? You know, how do you uh, perform with that? So there could be a, a slight pullback. You know, you might get somebody this week if he doesn't score. Maybe he only gets 60, 70 yards on you know, 15, 15 attempts and his average comes down where he can, you know, maybe sell a little bit of the C. He's not, he's not all that. He got lucky last week. But, uh, but yeah, I think if uh, anybody's trying to get him right now, this is a, a tough week to get him. So, yeah, give it a couple weeks. Like you said, Rock, you might be able to get a little bit of a pullback there. Yeah, and, and they, they do not have a good defense either. So uh, they've managed to be competitive with Gino, but you also got to kind of assume Gino comes back down to earth some. So there could definitely be – I don't know what their schedule is, but there could definitely be some games coming up here where, you know, they're not in a position to run the ball that much, uh, as much as Pete Carroll would like anyway. So uh, we'll get to the, the other piece of news, though, which was uh, Matt Rule getting fired. First coach of the year goes down. Uh not really surprising. I, I think uh, the Panthers looked like uh, like kind of crap coming into the season, and Matt Rule didn't look uh, you know in his first uh, couple of years here like he was he was someone that was going to be able to turn that around. So, Drew, I'll start with you first this time. You think uh, you th- do you think maybe uh, getting Rule out of there is 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 a pot you know does help the the offense in any way that I mean. Can, can we get more from DJ Moore? I mean, CMC's been picking it up a little. They've finally been using him in the passing game after kind of ignoring him the first three weeks. Uh, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I think typically, uh, historically, we see like the first week after, you know, the guys want to pull it together. They maybe perform for that interim coach or whoever the replacement is. But for the rest of the season, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot that changes. Uh, Zach mentioned it before we even got started here that you know, everything else is exactly the same, right? So uh, ultimately, what are we expecting, you know, it's not like it was uh, an Urban Meyer situation where Matt Rule was just absolutely a, a, a millstone around the neck of this team uh, and its morale. So I don't expect a whole lot different. Maybe a, a, a slight bump this week, so you might get a couple guys that flash, and that's your opportunity to move them for value. As long as Baker's there, right? It doesn't matter, Zach. Ben <laughs> McAdoo. Too, and that show, yes. the they fi- yeah, they fired the defensive coordinator, but they kept yeah. Ben McAdoo. <laughs> kept McAdoo. Baker's still there. Like th- there was actual talk about hoping Sam Darnold gets healthy. So they <laughs> and, and and if you're if you're pinning your hopes and dreams to to Sam Darnold, then you're already it's it's not just the head coach. There's a lot I- more wrong. But th- that's been to me. Carolina has been for probably the last three years anyway, one of the most exciting teams on paper. They've had they've had really great wide receiving cores. I mean, this year it's it's maybe not quite you've got a step down where you know Curtis Samuel, who is dynamic, is gone, and, and you've got uh Robbie Anderson and and that like but they like they've been really exciting. Plus, you've got Christian McCaffrey. Like you should be able to do something offensively just with those two with DJ Moore and McCaffrey. So yeah, it's, it's fun to speculate. It's fun to talk about Matt rule and dump it all on him, but there's more going on in Carolina than just rule. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I, I pray somehow this is a positive for DJ Moore. (laughs) That's basically what it is for me. I, I have so many DJ Moore shares it. And I think he is such a talented guy and, uh, Kind of like, you know, we were joking, and I made the joke earlier about Jerry Judy, but uh, DJ Moore has just been just as horrible a bunch of quarterbacks as, as Jerry Judy has had in his career. The, the and, cool, and it's killed him. 
The cool thing, though, about DJ Moore is he never loses value because he yes. was an analytics darling coming <laughs> out. And there are so many guys who have all of those numbers and they say, well, he should be. There's no way he can only score four touchdowns this year. Baker says, I raise. <laughs> yes, he's. I think he's on pace, isn't he? I think he has one. Yeah, uh, DJ yeah. Moore. Yeah, so he's right on pace for four touchdowns, um, <laughs> which he's done exactly every year, which is insane. But yeah, so so not a huge deal with Rule um, being out of there. Uh, so we'll just move on, and we're moving right along. Only ten minutes in, and we're moving on to the listener questions. Oh. Where the trade addicts trades get just Zach? You're you're technically I'm going to call the guest because uh, Drew's part of the Dap Network, so he's technically the co-host. So we always let the guest. Uh, Pick which one we go with first. Let's, so do, listener the, questions. let's do the trades first. Okay. I usually pick listener questions because that's my favorite, but I want to savor this a little bit <laughs> because it's going to be such a quick show. Okay, so we, we do have some trades. Uh, as always, uh, Trade Addicts Leagues are 12-team PPR Superflex 1.75 tight end premium uh, with 0.05 per return yard for all the leagues except TA1, and we do have one TA1 trade on here. Uh, it, we actually, all these trades sort of involve minor, uh, most of them involve minor players. So this is, uh, and, and this one definitely involves my, I'm just going to keep making the trade, shooty <laughs> jokes, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got to lean into it. Hate um, yeah. you. I, I have to at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Jerry Judy and uh, Travis Etienne. They're like the two guys I hate. And Zach Wilson, three. Um, but <laughs> uh, Jerry Judy and Wandale Robinson for MBS, a 2023 first and a 2024 third. That seems pretty easy to me, but what do you think, Drew? I still I'm sorry, c- come again? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Judy and Wandale Robinson for MVS a 2023 first and a 2024 third. Oh, you know me, Rocky. I'm taking the picks. Yes, I. You, Drew loves his picks, but I mean, I I have to agree with you there. I mean, even if I like Jerry Judy the way some people like Jerry Judy, he he's not worth a 2023 first, no no matter what. So. And an MBS and a 2024 third, you know, whatever, you know, I, I do like uh, Wandale Little, uh, but he hasn't, you know, had a chance to show anything yet. So yeah, I don't see how you can not take the picks there. But, but Zach, any, any, I assume you're going to agree. No, anything you want to comment on in this trade besides? No, it's, it's the first. And remember, sometimes roster spots have value. So yep. so getting rid of two, getting back one, but getting the picks, not only do you gain that first, but you also gain a roster spot, which gives yep. you a little bit more flexibility. Love that. Well, maybe not as much in, in TA leagues where we have 32 plus taxi, though. Huh? <laughs> and Bailey Zappi, he may be out there. You never know. Well, I, probably I, not I was, now. I was but. just double-checking kind of where that pick was at. It, it, it is the 112 because it's my pick, so. It is at least a humble leader. brag. Humble <laughs> brag. I am actually doing pretty good in that in that TA league, but uh, we, me and Russ uh, joke about that. It's been traded around like five, six different times. Uh, my first, so, uh, but yeah. So even with the even if it is the one twelve, I'm still taking that, that, yeah. that pick side. Okay, so we'll move on to uh, we have three TA three trades again. Uh, so some of these minor, but. 
Uh, we didn't have a ton this week. I think there's only like eight. So uh, I just threw them all on here. Russ sometimes leaves off the uh, the lesser ones, but this one's a little. Uh, this one's a decent trade. R- Rashad Bateman, Zach, for Romeo Dobbs and Gerald Everett, uh, both who've uh, gotten off to had some nice games. Got you know been a little up and down, but but nice pieces you can kind of throw in there. So, so and, and where are you at on Bateman? Because he, he's been kind of he's had some big plays, but he hasn't been kind of i think everything what we hoped for he he's another one of those guys who kind of is keeping his value based on that pre-draft analysis like i i don't think he's done a lot to buoy it but everybody still i mean and, and peter howard i i talk a lot with peter howard i i am on a, a live stream with him every week and one of the things he said in the preseason was he wanted to be higher on bateman than everybody was but they kept pushing him up and up and up and he's like i i can't justify being in on bateman and i think that's that's where i stand i still think i take bateman in this trade because of that i think i can get more for bateman than than dubs and and everett and i know it's tight end premium and i know everett's been pretty good to start the season but I still, th- I still think I want Bateman just because I think I can cascade that trade and get more. I, I tend to agree with that. I wanted to ask you though too, since since you, uh, you know, I love your you and J Mike's rookie analysis, and, and J Mike was big on on yeah. Dobbs also. Uh, do you think he's going to be a thing? He's had uh, one or two. I know he had one really good game. Where I think he was like seven for eighty and a touchdown, but. Uh, he, he's shown flashes. So, what, what what do you think? I think he's probably the best receiver on Green Bay. I, like I, I do. I like. I, and I've never been a huge Lazard guy. You know, he'll have flashes, but I think Dubs is probably the best receiver. I think that'll bear out. But I think eventually they add somebody who is better than he is, and what he does, and how he's successful. And I actually heard, it was funny, I heard Aaron Rodgers talk about this too, and I was like, no, no, you listen to me, because I said this. <laughs> but but in the in the preseason and in the draft process, I said, Dubs is great downfield. He was one of the best ball trackers in the class. He does a really good job stacking defenders, making sure he gets his body between the ball, uh, you know, and, and the defender and, and, and makes that catch. And he, he's done that a lot. So far this year, you know, it's it's still early, but he's he's made some big plays down the field where he struggles is in the short and intermediate stuff, which is where you end up with a lot of targets. And so if you're going to be a real big fantasy producer, it's really nice to have those targets. I don't think you I don't think he's ever going to like grow into that Devontae Adams role where he's going to get 12, 14 targets and then and then the the you know, the end zone work, the goal line stuff, he's going to be more of a, a downfield threat, successful, good, especially tied to Rodgers, but not quite that fantasy stud that I think we're hoping for. So so would you say maybe like more like a best case scenario kind of wide receiver three with boom weeks kind of thing? Well, I, I think he probably could end up in like the back end wide receiver. I don't think this year, but I think like going forward, he right. could end up as a back end wide receiver too. Like he's got that. He's he's talented and he's talented down the field and he's tied to one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL when everything is right. But it's it's been a little it's been a little dicey for their offense this year too. So I mean, yeah. 
So, so Drew, what are your thoughts on the trade? If you want to get into Bateman or Dobbs or, or whoever. Yeah, I, I'm similar with Bateman where I, I feel like my my head tells me I should be higher on him than I probably am. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's uh, I, I feel the exact same way. <laughs> so I, I, I agree with Zach that I would probably take that side. And again, you're you're tied to Lamar Jackson for now. So it's it's him and Andrews for the most part when when they're both healthy and um, you know, he'll have those spike weeks and, you know, God help us if he strings two or three of those weeks together, then I think that's where you could absolutely get that return on that investment. Um, it's just kind of waiting and being patient and then being willing when you see that, right? Cause that's the trap is I see two good weeks in a row and now I convince myself that yes. there's going to be more of that and it's going to happen more frequently. And that's um, me far too often. Yeah. So Instead of moving that guy, I'm like, Oh, he's going to be good for me now. <laughs> And I, I think the trap with Bateman is you look at him and you say he's the wide receiver one in Baltimore. It's it's kind of the Dobbins trap where he's the running back in Baltimore. But really the running back in Baltimore is Lamar Jackson. Really the wide receiver one is Mark Andrews. Yeah. And, and so that offense is not quite a, a typical offense when we're looking at it in terms of fantasy. And so – you know, you might be able to sell somebody on. I mean, Bateman in the the latest DLF ADP, Bateman is still going wide receiver nineteen. Like he's still going as a top twenty four wide receiver. I feel like I I can make some hay with that. And so, like, I I, I like the value side, but I also am going to flip Bateman to try to score points. I think yeah. that sometimes gets lost in all of this. Is we're in the point scoring. Yeah. I want points. Too. A lot of people forget about the scoring the points. Yeah. Like like Drew, who just wants all the picks. <laughs> I I like to quote. Uh, now, I, I just want to. I'm sorry, Zach. I just want to say I, I, I'm joking because Drew always likes to take the picks on the, on the <laughs> trades. But uh, I'm in many leagues with Drew, and he has many very good point scoring teams. So. <laughs> Let's. I I like to quote Bull Durham, Nuke Lelouch. I love winning, man. It's like <laughs> better than losing. <laughs> it, it is. Definitely is. Um, okay, so we and then the next two trades are, are ones that, that are kind of of the lesser variety. Uh, I really just threw this one on here because we didn't have a ton. Um, so you can say whatever you want about it. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell for a 2024 third and fourth. I, I remember people were excited about Gainwell at one point and. A 2024 third and fourth is just about like nothing. So, <laughs> do you have any interest even in move in, in giving that for game? I mean, do you see anything for game well going forward other than maybe you get lucky on the week you throw him in there? He scores a touchdown. You, you need game well to end up in a McKissick role for him to be like really viable for fantasy. I, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who carries the ball a lot, he's going to need to be a pass catcher. And and in Philadelphia, you got Miles Sanders, who's probably a better pass catcher and definitely a better between the tackles guy. And, yeah, and I, I, when I threw this on here, I'm looking at that like even the third and fourth, like yeah. I, I I would hope you know maybe I can try and get a Mostert for a third and fourth rather than a Kenneth Gainwell or something <laughs> like that, some guy who's old and has no value but could score you some points and and, and it's kind of kind of taken over that backfield a little bit. So I don't really want either side of this, but uh... <laughs> I'll take the picks. <laughs> <laughs> Lean in, Lean in. <laughs> Okay. The other one I thought was a little more interesting, uh, just because he, he is kind of scoring points this year. Surprise. He's basically the wide receiver one for the New York Jets, I think, in terms of points scored so far, fantasy points, which is Corey Davis. 
For, and that's what I'm talking about. You could get him, I'd rather have him for a 2024 third, which is what this trade is, than, yeah. than go get Kenneth Gainwell. So, yeah. um, is, do either of you, I assume both of you would be fine giving up a third for Corey Davis? I'll take yeah. the player. Yeah, take the points. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Drew? <laughs> Keep everybody on the toes. Do you think uh do you think Garrett Wilson's going to take over this year at some I mean I know he had the one big game but other than that he's been kind of not very dependable and what 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 do we do with Elijah Moore since we're talking about the Jets wide receivers this I'm buying is, Yeah yeah this is a situation where you hope the Jets figure out that Wilson is not like and and I know that they scored a bunch of points but a lot of that was defensive a lot of that was him running like I'm still not a Zach Wilson guy. I think they basically redrafted Sam Darnold. Like that, that's he he does. And you know this was this was <laughs> like watching him in the pre-draft process. Like he'll make some throws, and you're just like, man, that was really great. Mm-hmm. And then he'll make three or four throws, and you're like, what did he see? And and the whole big the big line on him was he didn't throw interceptions. And you start watching what happens and. And he had a couple of interceptions dropped. But the thing that I noticed the most about Zach Wilson is he's not throwing the ball in places where his receivers can make yards I, after the catch. I was just going to say, you see even routine throws too, where yeah. like, especially when you're watching his college film, that, that he'll have guys wide open and they'll have to jump for the ball or they'll have to, you know, I, lean out as far as die for the ball. And, and yeah. He's he's the antithesis of Mac Jones, where like Mac Mac Jones has no flash, has no like it's. It, you watch him and you're like, oh, that was gross. <laughs> then you you keep watching and you realize that he's throwing the ball in just the right spot to let his receivers do the work, which it, it Wilson just can't do. He just he doesn't. And that was when Flacco started the season for the Jets. I was very excited. I was kind of hoping that they would realize or that they would win a, a few more games than they than they did and that they would just continue to roll with it because I think for fantasy, man, Flacco is is so much more productive with that with that young Jets wide receiving core that's actually pretty good plus Brees Hall. So, but yeah. but all the way back to this, yes, Corey Davis take the points. <laughs> and uh, well, uh, Drew, what do you? You said you're you, you'd be. Uh, I threw out Elijah Moore in there because he's kind of been the forgotten man uh, this season. So you still think it can happen for him? I I, it's, I don't know what Corey Davis's contract situation is. He could he be out after this year? I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know about that. But I mean, uh, yeah. To to what Zach said, you know, hopefully they figure out they need to get somebody next year, and I'll I'll take Elijah Moore. And you look at. Um, a team like Cincinnati where they can support any given week three of those wide receivers. You may not hit every week, but the values now, if uh, people are enamored with Garrett Wilson, you know, great. You want, you know, contending teams want Corey Davis. So yeah, I'll, I'll take Elijah Moore if there's any kind of discount there. I don't know what the discount would be. Hopefully it's less than a first or you know, a couple of seconds, or uh, if I'm going to a contender, can I give you a, a player that's scoring plus, you know, a second next year or something like that to get Elijah Warren. I'll be patient with that. And I think he'll, I think his talent will bear out. And uh, yeah, if they replace that quarterback and yeah, Brees Hall is going to continue to open things up, you know, Sal is going to have a good defense. So, you know, they may not be in shootouts periodically, but I, you know, if they're playing the bills twice a year for what that's worth, you know, that's going to be, they're going to have to try, try that game. Um, 
you know, Miami seems to be trending in a, in a way where they can put some points up. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm in on Elijah Moore still, and I don't think you have to take a big gamble to get him. So I, I'm, I like that kind of proposition where you can get a wide receiver you can let develop for another year or two and see what happens. It, yeah. Um, you, you go ahead, Zach. Well, I just, I looked up Corey Davis's contract. He's got a potential out after this year for 600,000 and change dead cap. If they, if they sign, if they continue his contract, he's uh, they're on the hook for another 10 million for next year. So like there's a potential out, but like I'm with you. Like Elijah Moore is a good player. Yes. He was, he he was a, last year. Yeah. He was a good player coming out. He was a good player last year. I, like, I think Elijah Moore is a good player, but he is a best in the slot. And they still have this infatuation with Braxton Berrios. I know because I start him every now and then. I get the Braxton Berrios <laughs> touchdown pass uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic. Um, but, but that's the. I think in order for the Elijah Moore breakout to happen, the Jets have kind of got to let go of the old, embrace embrace what they've got going because they've drafted well. I mean, they really have, especially I mean you, Wilson and Moore and Hall. That's a really nice young core of an offense. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I'm worried the Jets aren't going to give up on Zach Wilson soon enough. I, you know, <laughs> this is only year two, and we, we a lot of times they let these guys write out that entire rookie contract. So if yeah. that's the case, it just scares me a little. But if yeah, if, if you can get him for maybe an older scoring player, more I'm talking about, uh, not Wilson, for an older scoring player like Drew said, and maybe a second, I'm all over that. Um, but TA4 is our next trade. We only got one here. Again, another, like I said, nobody was making big moves this week. Uh, <laughs> Dawson Knox in the 2023 third for Alan Lazard. I know you talked about the Green Bay wide receivers earlier, and you weren't a, a big Lazard guy, it sounded like. But I'm not particularly a big Dawson Knox guy. So so what do you think of this one? That's a big shrug. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll take Lazard, but it's not like I don't. I don't want either side like Knox to me, and I know it's the tight end premium, but it only matters when you're getting targets. Like yes. that's that's the thing. Like people get caught up in like, oh, it's tight end premium, as so it doesn't make all tight ends good. It makes the good tight ends good. And Knox is a, a you know a, a touchdown dependent tight end on a team that is you know they throw the ball a ton to digs. And then Allen is pretty efficient with the rest of what he does. I mean, it's why Gabe Davis is such a, a topic this week because he had, you know, three catches for a hundred and whatever it was and two touchdowns. Like that's Allen makes that team. That's what Knox has to be. Knox has to be that touchdown scorer because he's not going to get, you know, 10 targets a week. So I, I guess I'll, I'll take the Lazard. I'll hope that I score points in green Bay this year and, and, call it a day but uh drew any any thoughts on this mediocre trade (laughs) (laughs) uh if i wasn't in ta4 i'd have to make you repeat the questions i can go to the transactions and and see it again for myself um (laughs) yeah i I think the homer in me would take the take the knocks and the in the pick side um you know lazard sure maybe you get some points if you're a contender it makes more sense i guess uh, to take Lazard and hope that he and Rogers connect more often than not. Um, I think Knox, you'll, you'll always have that. Uh, I think we've 
couple of these guys tied to Rodgers. The question will inevitably come up, how much longer does Rodgers have? How long are they really tied to him as uh, an elite quarterback where you have some of these other guys that are, you know, connected to Josh Allen, to Lamar Jackson. And, you know, that, that means something in, in negotiations at times. So uh, I'll do that. And you get a freebie third in there, which who knows what that can uh, get done for you uh, somewhere down the road. And again, you get, you get knocks after a, a, a four catch touchdown and 60 yard game. And, you know, somebody, somebody who's hurting at tight end, who's a contender might, might give you something for him. So uh, I, I probably lean the knock side on this one, but you know, yeah, and I, I'm on the eye with you guys. This is basically a shrug trade, but uh, I, I'd, I'd probably actually lean the, the Lazard side. I, you know, the third to me is thirds to me are always whatever. Uh, you know, thirds get deals done, I guess, but they don't don't excite me. And I, I just, I just think there's more. T- I mean, I know Knox made his bones on, on touchdowns last year, but it hasn't been going that way so far this year. And I, I do think Lazard can be, you know, Rogers uh, kind of touchdown guy. So I, I lean a little more that side. Anytime you can go acquire the tight end sandwiched between Juwan Johnson and Colby Parkinson, you have yeah. to go do it. You have to do it. <laughs> that side had a pick, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> but uh, even though, yeah, you think about that. We're going to so have to title can... this pod, I'll take the picks. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Would, would you rather have Lazard or Corey Davis this year? It's it's a push. Pro- probably, I'd probably go man, Lazard because probably he's got Lazard. Yeah. Okay, but but um, it's I mean it's cl- it's that to me is close. Like you're right in the neighborhood there. So if you can take that third and get Corey Davis, and then basically get free tight end on top that you can maybe turn in something else. That's a if, win. Yep. Yeah. If, if you can get it done. And, and I I do think mostly like we had the Corey Davis trade you're referring to earlier. I think yeah. most leagues people. Even contenders might sell Corey Davis for a twenty twenty three or twenty four third, uh, you know, because I don't think anyone's depending on him in their lineup to score points, even though he's doing a decent job of it. Except Zach, I'm sorry, yeah. except Zach. So <laughs> Unless many... there's a crazy league out there where you have to start three running backs and four wide wide receivers. And uh, that I can't imagine such a league. Drew. Who would do that? <laughs> Good God! Start twelve. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, TA6, we got two ones. And these, these ones are a little more interesting. And both of them are me, by the way. Uh, so, uh, uh, Zach, Javante Williams, the injured Javante Williams for 2024 first. I think I'll take Williams. I, I, I do. Um, it's, it's far enough out that I think you're going to see Williams come back. And and so you're going to get at least the hype. I think you'll be able to get a 24. Like, I think you'll get a 24 first for him. And if he comes back and is what everybody expects Javante Williams to be, at that point, Melvin Gordon's got to be gone, right? Like, this is – we're talking we at hope. least a year in the future. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is a nice buy opportunity uh, for Javante Williams, who – He's a he's a good running. I know that we haven't seen him be full Javante yet, but he's a good running back. Yes. So Drew, uh, I think you're you're a pretty big Javante guy, right? I am. Yeah. I I've had some people. I, I've had to really hit the reset button on my emotions a couple times with some of these <laughs> trades that people have sent me for uh, Javante on the IR. Javante. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I've got him in, I'm, I'm overweight in Javante. So, um, but yeah, some of these contending teams where people are trying to send me like Zeke straight up and it's like, come on guys, 
come on. I, I, I get it. I had another one where uh, Javante kind of went hero RB. So I'm looking at a bunch of RB twos or threes now. And somebody tried to send me Mike, Michael Thomas from the saints. And I forgot which other, you know, maybe a Jarvis Landry or something like that. It's like, I need a running back. Uh, but yeah, that 24 first and it's easy to get enamored with a first. And I, I've heard people say that, you know, if, depending on which players come out, which year, uh, if, if like, I think somebody said, uh, you know, Bijan came out in 24 and 24 would be the class to be going after because otherwise they're close enough in talent. But, uh, but yeah, it's Javante for me here. I, I would need more. Um, yeah, absolutely agree with Zach that when he, when he comes back next year, even if he comes back in week six, weeks, week eight, Especially, especially if he is a big part of you making that playoff push, you're going to demand a lot more than just that 24 first. He's going to be like 24 by the end of that season. He's still going to be in his. Is he contract. even going to be 24? I think he'll be yeah, 23 20, at the end of next season. Yeah, so he's he's a he's a young, talented running back. So yeah, I I am sitting on him anywhere I can, and uh, you know I'm taking whatever mid picks I've got and trying to throw it at older running backs to fill the gap now. Uh, especially on those contending teams, so that I have Javante again next year. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and that's why I'm the one that got Javante Williams in this trade. Well done. Uh, we we talked about him uh, when the injury happened on the pod, and I said then I I'm still very high on Javante. Like, I'm not yeah. selling. I'm not selling him for. I'm not selling him for a single 2023 first unless it's pretty damn high. Uh, it would have to be top. Five, maybe yeah, six. Top maybe. three, top yeah. four. When I'm pretty sure is a non, at least a non-playoff team. Yeah, because I, I still think, like Zach said, he's super talented. And if he ever gets to just get the majority, like not like almost a total split, like it seems to, it seemed to have been again this year. I, I don't know the snap counts off the top of my head, but uh, in production wise, he still was getting. It was still ending up ending up pretty even between the two. So, well, we got that glimpse last year, right in week nine, right. ten, eleven, somewhere where he had those games to himself, and, and he, had like a, he had like a thirty point some fantasy game in there. Yeah. yeah, and he was like coming out to me. It was he and Najee were pretty well even. Like I, I ended up with Javante just a yet higher than than uh, Harris, but like. It was like it was close. I had him just it was a, below, but a one A one B, and I'd have him higher now. Yeah, I, I think uh-huh. it like people people forget how good he is. And to your point, Rocky, if if Javante Williams' knee injury is worst case scenario, he sits out this year. He sits out all of next year and comes back in twenty twenty four. He will turn twenty four years old on April twenty fifth. That's what I thought. He's a super young guy coming yeah. out. He was like twenty when he came. Yeah, he's, the he's twenty. He's twenty-two and a half right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, the, the, just a little context here. Uh, I am a rebuilding team, so I'm hoping that twenty by you know by that next year maybe I'm a little better, and that twenty twenty-first for first isn't too high, and maybe Javante helps that if he does play next year. But also, we we always talk about J Mike's team in TA six. And he's he's the one that sent this, and it, it sort of makes sense for him because Javante's like his running back six or something because his team is ridiculous. <laughs> so, and he's always looking for ways to acquire more. He has a ridiculous team, and he always has he has like three twenty twenty three first, even though his team is insane. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it made a lot of sense for both sides. Actually, he, I think he blind kind of you know sent a bunch of blind offers just you know. Javante for 2024 first just to, to pick up the pick and, and roll it forward. And that's if you play in leagues with J Mike, you'll see him start week three, week four 
making those moves. Like he, he, and it's one of my favorite things to watch. Like I, I am a watcher and I love <laughs> to play in leagues with good players because you can learn a lot of things if you pay attention. And one of the things watching J Mike in the leagues that I'm in with him is he assesses his team early and he starts to make moves early. And, and so it, it's not a surprise to me that, that he's already looking to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. It, like I said, it made, it made a ton of sense. And and as a rebuilding team, I, I loved getting, that's, you know, a, a super talented guy that's not going to score me any points this year. So, uh, and this one, next one is also made it. So that same rebuilding team, and I actually struggle with this because I, I thought the value was on one side, but it's also the value is on the point scoring running back side. So, uh, Drew, what do you think? of This is a weird one. Malik Willis for Cam Akers and Josh Jacobs. Uh, I'll, I'll take the running backs there. Uh, you know, Willis has he has what a small percentage of, of upside, I think. And if he hits, it'll be it'll be great for the people that held out. Um, but for the 94% chance or whatever it is that he doesn't, uh, you're getting a guy, Josh Jacobs looks great this year. I think a lot of folks, uh, who were looking ahead, yes, tried I to, to get him, him now, I think, <laughs> cause I'm uh, like I said, rebuilding. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a guy that's put a couple of really strong, consistent weeks together. Um, you know, that, that Raider offense is, is solid. You know, they've got the pieces to, you know, work through Jacobs and the running game. They've got Devontae. You know, they, they did a, a hell of a job last night uh, without Waller playing, you know, and Renfro, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's had his issues this year. But, um, yeah, I, I like that side. And, you know, Cam Akers, you can hang on to him until he's worth something again. But, yeah, if you can get something now for Jacobs, you've got some contenders out there that would probably pay a pretty penny for him. Um, he's a guy, another guy I wish I had pushed a little harder for probably week one, week two in a couple of leagues where I thought I had contending teams where I was on the fence and now it's too late. Yeah. I, I yeah, I'm a, I agree with you. I, I got the running backs. And like I said, I actually did struggle with this a little because I could see a scenario where if he does get the starting gig next year, this is easily Malik Willis value wise in like September of, of 2023, because you know, Josh Jacobs is a year older and Cam Akers struggles through this year, which he sort of has so far. But, but Zach, what are your thoughts? I, I, I thought about it and I was just like, there's also a very good chance Malik Willis starts like six games in his career. So. Yeah. I, so I think, I think you made the right call, whether, whether you win this trade or lose this trade in the future, I think you made the right call by going and getting Akers and Jacobs. Uh, to me, and sometimes we lose this because it's fun to dream. And, and I, I know if Russ was here, he would, he would talk about how, you know, you want to have the, the players on your team that you enjoy and you, this is supposed to be fun. And, yeah. and, but to me, sometimes it's about mitigating failure. And if you're making a bet, it's against Malik Willis. And it is, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to be valuable. You know, he's yes. going to score. You know that you can turn around and trade him if you don't want the points for something that is a better chance has better odds than Malik Willis hitting. Like I know it's fun to dream Maybe I on Malik Willis. Maybe can to Jay for a 2024 first now. See, there you go. <laughs> like you, you, you got that. But like that, that to me is 
a trap that we fall into sometimes as dynasty owners and and uh Linda at Lindellians Linda uh the other day had a tweet that that talked about dynasty managers and dynasty managers are always you know trading the points for the picks and they're always trading the picks for the next pick and and you know you just kick it down the future kick it you know kick the can down the road and you never get to the destination but you you continue and I think we like she was being funny, but also kind of true. pointing the finger at the it, dynasty funny does because that it's sometimes. True. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 so anytime there's a joke, there's always that kernel of truth. And I think we do. We get caught up in wanting to dream sometimes, and like that's that's one of the that's one of the reasons why when I'm successful in dynasty, why I'm successful is because I can I can be rational. I can I can make that tough cut. I can say the chance of Malik Willis ever being Jalen Hurts is minuscule. And so I'll make the bet on guys that I know are going to produce and guys that I know have value now, whether it be points or whether it be that intrinsic dream value that we have on, on young players that haven't played yet. I want that, and then I'll use it to my advantage, whether I'm putting Jacobs in my lineup or I'm trading him to somebody who can use it. Yeah, and that, that's where I was at. I, like I said, this is a rebuilding team. I don't really want Jacob's points. And so I this just happened, you know, less than a week ago. So hopefully I can flip him, especially after the big uh, he looked great big game yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week. So uh, I just thought that, yeah, the value is just too much. And it's interesting, too. It's another rebuilding team. So I guess that's what they were thinking is that Malik Willis gets the starting job next year. And he's worth more than these two guys combined next year, which could happen. But I think I think we're all kind of in agreement that's kind of a small percentage chance that mm-hmm. that, that that happens for him. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead one trade just because the, the, the last one is also very minor. I told you guys, uh, I actually thought it was before this week, but it was today. It was today. So it makes a little more sense. Uh, Taysom Hill. For K. Dotton and a 2023 third. I know we don't care about K. Dotton and 2023 third. I did leave this on here, though, just to maybe talk a little bit about Taysom Hill after that ridiculous game this week. So, uh, Zach, you look like you have something to say. Taysom Hill does not help you in tight end premium leagues because he's <laughs> not catching passes. What he does give you, though, is that little bit of a cheat code at the tight end position where – if you don't have one of those top three tight ends, Taysom Hill is a is a player who can win you a week at the tight end position. He can give you a positional advantage for a yes, week. <laughs> He's not going to be a long-term positional advantage, but he can score two touchdowns in a week. And so, yeah, I'd rather have Taysom Hill than, than Otten. And Hill is a player that I don't mind starting in a flex or as my tight end if I have a bad tight end bill like sometimes i do that i punt tight end i will either i will either have kelsey kittle andrews i don't have any kyle pitts but that's another (laughs) discussion for another time because the one the one too expensive for you well no the one place i drafted him i traded him because you could i only had two and i traded one of them for three first so i was yeah that's what i'm saying like so 23 first like i i uh, we did a show where we did the tight end evaluation show. And then the next week on the dynasty dummies, we did the show where we said, yes, draft Kyle Pitts because everybody is valuing him so highly. 
that it doesn't matter if he doesn't produce because you can you can trade him now. So, but anyway, I either do that, I either have the top tier tight end, or I punt tight end and I start adding tight ends that I think have a chance to to hit. I've been very successful that way. Not that I think that Taysom Hill is a, a tight end that can hit, but he's a tight end you can play until somebody hits. And he what has the chance every week to give you that positional advantage at tight end, which most tight ends don't do. Yeah, I, that's basically where I am with this. And, and I mean, to me, K-Dot and the 2023 third are like nothing. So <laughs> I would like, I don't expect any of the, either of those to ever matter to me. Even the 2023 third, I mean, other than as a trade chip, you have to assume that 2023 third, the actual player is not going to end up being somebody that you ever care all that much about. Right. So Taysom Hill, if he gets me one win, like you were talking about, or helps me to one win, but especially, you know, we're at week five now and the buys are finally, I feel like they started late this year, but the buys are finally starting here in week six. And he's definitely a guy, even if you don't want to start him as a regular in your flex that you can throw in when you're, when you're down multiple guys in a bye week uh, and, and hope for the touchdown or two. He's tight in seven on the year. He has one reception for two yards. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> I mean, he had what? He had what? Four touchdowns this past week. He threw for one and ran. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I mean th- that'll help get you up to tight end seven. Silly, uh, especially you know your tight end position being you know kind of a sorry deal up a shit show uh, after uh, yeah. you know this year so far. So uh, any any you have any thoughts on Taysom Hill? The Dak, the the Zach. I mean, that didn't already say. Uh, yeah, he's the guy. You push for more than K. Dot into the third. If somebody really want, wants him, you make them prove that they want him. You know, get the second, get something meaningful. Because your Maybe worst case, third for a second, yeah, yeah. Because your worst case is exactly what you're talking about. Fine, I'll start him. I'll get points here and there, and boom bust. That's fine. Because again, what's K. Dot going to be? We've never, we've haven't Lost. seen him boom anywhere yet. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So he, he's a guy. I would have been more aggressive on this trade if I had Taysom Hill and and figure out how to get you know max value now and you really have the ability to say and i know we all negotiate differently but ultimately my worst case scenario is great i start him this week exactly okay and that brings us to our final trade which is in taa and and you know what it's time for zach i, I do are you you're gonna make me do it live we're doing it live you gonna do it live i i was no, hoping no. but hit I, the button hit okay. the button here's what it's time for Love it. Okay. <laughs> so this is the sleeper trade of the week. Uh, TA8, Brees Hall for, and this this was made before the uh, before Sunday. Uh, the fallen Rashad Penny, uh, Damian Pierce, and a 2024 first. Before you knew that they drew that, that, that Penny was going to be out for the year, what are your thoughts on this trade? Man, I, I liked Brees Hall a lot. Made some moves to get up to the 101 this year. But um, after seeing Pierce this last week, I, I guess knowing uh, not knowing that this week was going to happen, uh, even knowing Penny's yeah, – yeah, that's tough. I think before Sunday, I, I would have probably gone with the package and either piecemealed out parts that I wasn't excited about. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I would I probably would have given Brees Hall up for that package pre Sunday. Yeah, and and, and I, I wasn't a guy that was really high on Pierce, but he he has looked pretty good so far. Uh, but Zach, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on Pierce so far in the NFL and and and, and what you thought of him coming in. So first, this trade for me is Brees Hall. Like I, I think Brees Hall is even be, prior to the to yeah. I, I think yeah. I think he's going to be a top five running back next year in dynasty. Like when we go into the season, it's going to be Bijan. You can make a case for Brees Hall being number two. Like I think you really can. You really will be able to at the end of this year. Now, Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce had the best vision of any running back that I watched this year in this class. But what he did after he got through the hole and with the second level he was not very good. You've seen him run. I think he's got like the second highest, and, and I could be wrong because I, I saw it. I'm trying to remember a tweet. But I think he's got like the second highest number of stacked boxes that he's run against it, like in the NFL this year. Like people are, are putting uh, defenders up in the box to try to stop him, which actually benefits the way Damian Pierce runs because he's so good at, getting pursuit to go laterally with him along the line of scrimmage and then finding the hole that if he's got more guys pressing the line of scrimmage and he gets through that hole, he doesn't have to deal with the secondary, which is where he struggles. And so I think you've seen that a lot. You've seen him have some big runs, but there was nobody in the, in, in the secondary, like he got to the second level and it was just like, all right, somebody catch him as opposed to, as opposed to somebody square him up. Uh, I I tweeted at J Mike when when they played. I think it was I think it was Jacksonville, and I said, "What what is going on? Like, do, <laughs> does nobody know how to tackle?" And he's like, "Nah, nah, now nah, we don't." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I, f- I forgot. I'm sorry. You're a Jags guy, but uh, <laughs> but that like again, Dam- like Damian Pierce is good. I think Brees Hall can be one of those top." tier running backs and so that's the side of this that i fall on and it's not to say that not to say that pierce is a bad player not to say that you know he he can't be good but i I don't see him being a top perennial top 12 running back and i do see Brees hall you've seen Brees hall take over from the beginning of the preseason where everyone was talking about michael carter to the first game where michael carter had more carries and Brees hall saw the targets to the second game where Brees Hall started to split, to now Brees Hall has just taken over the backfield, both the carries and the receptions. Like we're we're seeing it happen. We're seeing Brees Hall become that elite running back that that we thought he was coming out. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I think I think it's close-ish coming into the like you said coming into the week uh, with you know looking at Penny as a starting running back. Yeah, uh, but. But yeah, I mean, he's the best piece in the trade, and and, and again, we saw you know Flash uh, just this week. I mean, I think he had what, like a seventy-five yard run that I think didn't end up in a touchdown, but it was yeah, a very nice run. run. Yeah. yeah, so uh, he does have that chance to be elite, especially uh, as we talked about with all the Jets pieces. If they get a better quarterback in there uh, down the road, so uh, I would lean Brees Hall on this one also, but. That was the uh, Sleeper Trade of the Week brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform 
in the world, join a new Dynasty League, or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform, and download the app today to get started. And that brings us to our listener question, Zach's favorite part. So, <laughs> um, let me uh, throw out the first one here at FF Tommy B, uh, a big supporter of the DAP network. I know he uh, gives you guys questions sometimes, Drew, for the fantasy timeline. Uh, have your dynasty, lead, uh, dynasty lessons learned ever helped you in real life? Also, when does first start? Uh, I'll uh, answer real quick. I don't think. I don't think Hal starts this year, even though everybody else seems to, even though, you know, Carson Wentz is not that good. I just, maybe at the very, very tail end of the year, they go to him. I, I, I know they're one in four, whatever. They're going to win a few games here and there just by luck. And they're not going to throw in the towel until probably they're, they're clearly eliminated. And I just don't, I just, the, the love for a, a fifth round pick to me is, is, I know Zach likes him too, so sorry, Zach. A fifth-round pick is such a long shot to ever matter in any way. So even if he does start a few games, I don't really care. And I guess Dynasty Lessons Learned, I guess I've learned that thirty anybody over 30-year-old doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> That's what Dynasty tells me. I'm that, 41. I'm, wow. Dude, I'm 45. Uh, <laughs> I, that was a joke. I'm just saying that that that's the way Dynasty treats 30 year olds. But I'll let you two guys answer this question, and then we'll, and then we'll move on to the next one. Whoever wants to start. So did did you see Ron Rivera's uh, answer uh, yesterday when they asked him what uh, was setting him back? What what's the difference between the other teams in the NFC East and and his team? And he said. Mm quarterback like he said that he said quarterback so i i know that i know that everybody wants wentz to continue i know that that's but like this could happen for sam Howell. like i think sam howell is actually really good i like i think that he got set back last year at north carolina he had two nfl running backs and two NFL receivers, Tiami Brown, two touchdowns this week, is an NFL receiver. Uh, the graduate and then had to carry the entire Tar Heels team on his back and his legs last year. So, you know, maybe it doesn't happen next week or that, but like if, if the commanders continue to struggle, I think there's a potential we see Sam Howell at some point this year because. It's not going to hurt anything. If you might as well see what you got, even though he was a fifth round pick, you might as well see. And as for the fantasy football, the dynasty uh, lessons, I got two. And and the first one is, if you start to take things too seriously, you end up miserable. And I've I've seen that over and over and over. Like I I love this game. I love. The opportunities that that analyzing fantasy football has afforded me, but I'm also not going to let something that I can't control ruin my day, my week, my you know. It just I, I that's something that I've taken from Dynasty applied to my life. There are things that you can't control, and you just go, you know what? I'll control what I can. I'll set my lineup. 
I'll make sure I'm doing what's right for, for my kids and my family and, and then deal with whatever else happens. The other, the other thing that I've learned from dynasty and maybe not specifically from dynasty, but as an offshoot from dynasty is I've started really digging into um, guys who do economics and so, and especially Daniel Kahneman, who is a Nobel Prize winning uh, economist, but also does it from the, the, it's almost, he does it from the, from the, from a people perspective. So it's not just about the numbers. And so digging into, digging into him, uh, one of his biggest things is, is protect dissenting opinions at all costs. And and that's something I'm a, a big believer in. And so those are those are the two things that I've really pulled uh, from Dynasty. Nice, yeah. I, as far as Sam Howell goes, um, kind of going backwards here as well. I think you have a couple of opportunities. Whether it's the Commanders just being terrible, you also have Carson Wentz, who is not uh, the shining example of durability and health either. Uh, and if you, for whatever it's worth, you also have FedEx field that is got its own history. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I think there is a, there's a pretty good chance. You know, I think almost 50, 50 that Sam Howell gets a couple of meaningful games under his belt this year. Um, so I, I think he could get a shot I, Yeah. I like what you said there, Zach, as far as you, you take some of the context into play here of what, what could have held him back this last year. If he came out, if he was able to come out the same year as Javante and Michael Carter and those guys, then yeah, I think he could have been definitely a couple rounds higher um, where some of the teams needed it. But um, as far as uh, the dynasty lessons learned, uh, I, I love the don't take things too seriously approach. I don't want those things affect, um, you know, your, your mood, your week. Uh, I think for me, I, I've typically been a, a low risk person growing up. That's kind of my, my background and my upbringing. So there, there's been, um, you know, it's definitely an element of like, shoot your shot, right? You never know. Uh, take, take a chance, make a, take a stab at what you think uh, might be possible, whether it's a trade offer you send, whether it's a trade offer you accept. Right. And I think that's one of those things that no, I forget what the, the quote is exactly, but, um, was that no, no success is ever final. No, no failures ever fatal, something along those lines. I think that has uh, come to life for me a lot in this, in this space where, you know, yeah, maybe you lose a, a trade, something works out and backfires terribly for you now. And what can you do about it? So kind of getting back to that theme of control, what you can control. So move forward from that. So th- those would be a couple of things. And then outside of that, yeah, just have some fun with whatever you're doing, right? If it's not we take a lot of time to play this game throughout the year. It's not just a five-month commitment um, like it, it may have been typically for a lot of us 10, 15 years ago who did uh, redraft and stuff like that. So we spent a lot of time thinking and doing this stuff. Uh, so if it brings you joy, man, have fun with it. You alluded to it earlier. I think that's one of the things that I admire about um, House so much is, yeah, have fun with it, right? You know, don't doesn't take himself so seriously, uh, has fun with this, and does things to help bring uh, bring some of that joy to other folks as well. So... Uh, those are definitely some things that over the last couple of years, I, I, I struggled to get over that first hump of like five or six leagues. And now finally, I think I'm in about 30 total. Uh, my, my goal is to be Rocky <laughs> when I grow up <laughs> and uh, just absolutely, you know, obliterate my, <laughs> my brain with all the different lineups set each week. But, um, but yeah, so 
it's been so much fun. And then, yeah, you never know what's going to lead to some of these connections that you have and getting to meet different people along the way. And, you know, first year going to the expo, which was pretty awesome. So uh, pretty wild that this uh, game about a game lets us do some of these fun things. Yeah. And, and going back to what you said, how, how can you take your, you know, take yourself seriously if you call yourself Dynasty Outhouse? So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I love Russ. And that, that's, that's something we always stress on the pod is it's, it's all about fun. The, the, the triadics leagues are all low buy-ins because it's about fun. It's not about, you know, winning a thousand dollars or whatever like that. So I, I think that's a great point to end on there. And speaking of ending, we have one last question here from at, Ax underscore RN. Uh, I'm 0 5 in my 12 team league. Already traded uh, for Kenneth Walker III and attempting to land Garrett Wilson. What other players should I target to start my rebuild? To me, the first name that came to my mind was the guy we talked about earlier, which is Javante Williams. <laughs> you can get him at a cheaper price. He's not going to score you points, and he's really, really, really good. All of the Williamses, yep. Javante, Jamison, like that, like that's that's what you do is you you go look at the players exactly, Rocky, that are not going to score your points that are going to come back and accrue value. Javante Williams, Jamison Williams. Uh, Dak, Trey Lance, like like those are the types of players that you want to go after. Let me, if you don't mind, Zach, let me, a guy just popped into my head, and he is going to score you some points this year, but, uh, and I, I don't know, you know, what your stance on him is morally, but what about Deshaun Watson? And do you think he's cheap? He's, he's, he's lower priced enough, or is he pretty much, is he getting back at full price now? I, so here's, I think that most of the people who rostered Deshaun Watson this paid long? up paid up yeah. to get him and and so they're they are waiting they're they're you know you get that week nine week 10 injection of a, a qb1 like i think that's what they're looking for like you can kick the tires on that i don't love to roster him like I, and again that's and just I get my it. own and, personal and the same like, way yes um yeah. the 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 only place I have him on a team is in the Scott Fishbowl, and I'm I'm mildly embarrassed <laughs> about that. But he was there in like round eleven, right? So I was like, okay, well, if if I can if I can get a quarterback who is going to play in, you know, and, and at that point in time, it was before anything had come down for suspension, so you were still waiting on, you know, what it was going to be. So, but yeah, like that's that's a good one. I think you know Drew mentioned Elijah Moore. I think that's a good buy. Devontae Smith to me is a good buy. I, I think people are still too low on Devontae Smith. So it's it's younger, younger players, injured players who have a chance to accrue value and eventually score you points. So you're either you're either in the trade market or the points market later on, but that's what you're looking for when you're 0-5. Yeah. What about a guy who's not injured, who has done well? Uh and is probably incredibly cheap still, like uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get a guy like him. Uh, we talked about Malik Willis earlier. Depending on how people value him, yep. you know, you want to take that bet, and maybe it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to take that bet that the three percent or five percent chance that he's actually the starter and is good next year. You know, what's it cost you to get him on your roster uh, at this point? And you know. What happens? What happens if he starts in week eight or 10 because Tannehill goes down or something like that? Then great. You've got an incredibly valuable asset that either you can trade right away, which would be my advice. 
you know, as soon as he's a starter in 12 teams to reflect, somebody's going to pay you to, to have him on their team. So yeah, those are a couple of the additional guys. Um, some of the, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. There are any other really older guys. Calvin really is probably the oldest guy out of this group that I'd be interested in looking at because he's not coming back from injury. But even then, I guess there's probably some uncertainty about how long he'll really be out. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the DLF trade finder to see what he's even been, has he even been included in trades this last month um, to see kind of what his value is there. But the last time we were talking about him, you know, we were happy if we got a second for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all, all good targets there. And that is the end of our show sheet. So that is the end of our show. I want to thank these two guys for coming on on very short notice. I very much appreciate it. As I said, Russ had something come up last minute. We didn't even have a, a, a guest scheduled this week. And, uh, you know, we kind of threw it out to, to, to some of our friends and both of these guys said they could come on. So I really appreciate it for both of you. I want to just throw it to you and let you get, you know, give your Twitter handle and where they can find you when you're not get you know, subbing for Russ on the trade addicts pod. So Drew, why don't you start? Yeah. Uh, at dr underscore PRA, uh, not a doctor just for the record. Uh, and I'm still waiting for that other intelligent guy to show up with Zach for tonight. So maybe we can be short. <laughs> okay. And Zach, let everybody know where they can find you. I am at tacit assassin 13 on Twitter. Uh, do the dynasty dummies occasionally. It's been really occasionally this year. Cause J Mike and I haven't been able you to meant, get our you schedules meant, before the show. You mentioned a new parody. Does that mean there's going to be a dynasty dummies? Or you're just doing a parody. There, video? there may be, there may be. Well, like I said, I started to work on, isn't it scouronic for week one? And then it just never happened. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now I've, I've got the, you know, the Bobby McFerrin, it's in my head. I got the earworm, so it's got to happen. So hopefully, hopefully J Mike and I can work something out. And, and that's, that's on the DFPN at work. And, and I, I always do this, but it's, it's, man, you should be following the guys in the at work. It's not about me. It's Russ is over there. It's Joe, who's, you know, a friend of, a yes. friend of the DAP network, you know, all, all of the guys over there that they're, it's it, and I know you know this. It's a family, and it, that's the cool thing about this fantasy football and this stupid little game about a game that we that we play. Is the more you talk to people in and around the game, the more you realize that there are a whole bunch of really great people around. And and, and so you to that point, I just wanted to mention it because I had you two here. The, the, uh, Drew mentioned the expo earlier. I. I spent 16 hours in car rides with Zach and then the rest of the weekend with Drew staying in an Airbnb. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Like what, what you can, what this game kind of does. And, you know, I, two really good friends that I, I got to hang out with. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so cool. And, and that's, it's just a, it's a bonus, you know, it's an offshoot of this whole thing. And, and it turns out that it's really what the whole thing is about. And, and the fantasy football is just an offshoot. Yep. Okay, so good stuff. We'll get. I'll finish up. Uh, you know, with the uh, our little business here, which is you know, Trade Addicts Pod is at Trade Addicts Pod at that underscore network. You can follow there. We're also um, that network goes on YouTube uh, as well. Trade Addicts often doesn't go there unless you're a member of the Patreon, which is uh, Trade Addicts. I mean, I'm sorry, Patreon.com slash uh, Trade Addicts Pod. Uh, if you want to join up, we have the Cool Kids Club, which is awesome. Uh, Drew is in there. 
I believe, right? You're in the Cool Kids Club, right? You're, I am yeah. also getting my butt kicked in that league. So, <laughs> yes, there's a there's a, a league lot of fun. Uh, with a lot of the people from the Cool Kids Club that's named after it. So, uh, and uh, you get a lot of other cool stuff. You can you can see all our beautiful faces uh, on one of the tiers. Uh, you can see the pod uh, live as we air it. And uh, a lot of good stuff there. And also ffpodshirts.storemb.com. All kinds of merch there. Not just Trey Addicts. All the DAP shows. Also SFB12 stuff. All the proceeds go to charity. Uh, I think that's everything. So I'm going to finish up now. Good night, guys. Good night, Rob. Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS family of podcasts. And a proud member in the Dicey Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy pants. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.